Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. Shalom, Hevra. It is a, a delight to be here with one of my great teachers, Rabbi Michael Melchior, who is a rabbi, educator, and activist, and a former minister and Knesset member. Since 1995, Rabbi Melchior has been the chairman of Maimad, a modern Orthodox party, and served in the Knesset from 1999 to 2009. Uh, rabbi Melchior served as rabbi as a rabbi of, of Jerusalem congregation since 1995, and is the chief rabbi of Norway since 1980, and the Av Beitin of Scandinavia. He's established and is president of Mosaica Center for Conflict Resolution and the Middle East Religious Peace Initiative, alongside Meitarim, a network of 120 inclusive schools, kindergartens, Bate Midrash, and communities across the country, and is leading many other social and environmental initiatives, such as the Citizens Accord Forum and Teva Ivri. Thank you, Rabbi Melchior, for taking time to talk. Pleasure to be with you, Rabbi Shmuley. Thank you so much. So, and Chag Sameach, we're speaking on uh, Yom Atzmaut, so uh, here it's uh, towards the end of the day, but you still have Itzumo Shel Yom. Well, okay, well, let's start right there, actually. Um, Yom Atzmaut, what is one thing that you are most excited about in regards to Israel's current advances and successes, progress, if you will, and what's one dimension of which you're most discouraged? What are you most optimistic about, most discouraged about? I know you can list, uh, you can talk about this for hours. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that we, we are tremendously, we have a tremendous chut uh, that, that we are in a generation where we can be a part of creating our own future, which so many generations could not do. And we have a tremendous success this is a country which has received 3.3 million olim from all over the world, uh, and uh, half of them have arrived here the last 30 years. Uh, and and uh, we, we have today, half of the Jewish people are living here in the States of Israel already for many years, the vast majority of, uh, of uh, children, have, of Jewish children have been born here, what is created in all fields of life, in, in Jewish culture, in science, in economy, in Jewish studies, the vast majority of it is created here. And of course, with respect to what is created also around in the Jewish world. And, and uh, I think that that Kim Tzion Torah, that we have come to that point and uh, there is a great achievement in this. At the same time, as we have a long way to go, and and part of the responsibility which falls upon us is that we today are a nation amongst the nations of the world, with all the responsibilities for that. And we haven't always understood that. We're still 
working as if we still went out of Egypt, we're still uh, tied into our past in many ways and look in relation to our past and not always to our present and to our future. We have to, of course, remember what was in our past and, and, and be concerned and, and take care of our security, but we also have to uh, take upon ourselves the obligations which we could not do. And I'll just mention one obligation, for example, which is to make peace, which we don't always remember now. To make peace, there was a period, uh, I, just to give you just one source on this, which is a beloved source, uh, which talks, uh, uh, which we get right after the, uh, the Ten Commandments, uh, which talks about, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very known source, that you can't, uh, that when you, when you build a Mizbeach, that you can't, uh, that you have to use Avanim uh, Shleimot. It says in, in, in Dvarim, it, it says in, in, uh, in Yitro, it says, Lot tehen garzit ki You can't use a sword. You can't take something which is of iron. When you want to build something holy, you, can't, you have to use something which is whole, which is shalem. And, and the Midrash, which is brought also in Rashi, uh, the Midrash of Michilta de Rabbi Ishmael says that uh, in the name of, of Yohanan ben Zakkai, it says something very, very beautiful that it teaches us that uh, when, when the stones which are there to bring peace between us and Avinu Shabashamayim and, and God who is in heaven, they have to be whole and, and uh, they can't hear, they can't see, they can't talk. So much more human beings have to, who, who can bring peace between Ish and Isha, man and woman, uh, between family and family, between Ish Lere'ehu, so much more. Our obligation is to bring a peace in all those uh, connections. Now, this is the version of Rashi, but Rashi censored the origin, the original version of the Mechita says much more. It talks about bringing peace, uh, Rashi took out that, and the explanations of Rashi, Nimukeh Rashi, and so on, says that in the time of Rashi, to bring peace between countries, between nations, between governments, between towns, that was not relevant in the time of Rashi because the Jewish people was not in a situation where it could do that. So Rashi just took that out in his interpretation. But today, we are part of the world. We are the world today. And, and therefore, our obligation to be peacemakers, as, as it says there, this is something which we haven't always understood. When something is going on somewhere in the world, uh, we say, why is the world again silent when 600,000 people are being slaughtered in Syria? Hello, we're part of the world. We, if somebody's being silent, we're silent. Uh, and so much more that we have the obligation to make peace here in the, in the Holy Land, 
between us and our neighbors that we as religious people should be in the front of making peace. This is our first and foremost obligation to be the example of, of making peace. Uh, and, and we have the chance today to do that. I'm not talking about who was more wrong, we or the Palestinians. In the past, we can talk about that until the end of ages. But for sure, we should be in the front of the peacemaking. And this is, and this, we haven't understood this, that this is our vision, this is the role we have now, which we could never fulfill because we were not a free and independent state. Beautiful, beautiful, very, very inspiring. So, so what was one of your most formative experiences that led you down um, uh, your work of peace building and conflict resolution? And then what has been one of your most formative experiences immersed within the work? So again, leading up to it, what put you on that path and then immersed in it, what has kind of given you chizuk that this matters, this works? Well, first of all, I've believed a long time that it's a mistake that we cannot, that the peace cannot be left only to the secular left of Israelis and Palestinians, just as it's not happened anywhere in the world, that there has to be, uh, that, that people of, of Emunah have to be in the front of the peacemaking. I started with this already more than 30 years ago. I've been on a long journey, and for me it was important to see, because I heard from all the experts, Dafka on the left, that it can't, that it's not possible to make peace with Islam. Now I know from our sources, again, there are many sources which talk about it, uh, which are not so much taught in our, in in this. Again, uh, there's a Tanhuma of uh, of, uh, of Midrash Nistarot of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, which talk about that the Geula will come derch derch Ishmael. That, that, that is how the Gula will come. I, I don't have time to explain the whole source, but that we can study another time. Um, and there is, there is another source which talks about it in, in the Gemara, in the, in the Babli, which is a source which I love to use about a show and a, 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 an oxen and a horse, who, who uh, it's a parable, which says that when we had to leave the country, and other people came to, to live in the country. And the Almighty, he loved us, but he had to send us in order to be repaired. And in the meantime, another, another nation came in, and he comes to love the other nation. And now we have to work it out together. Uh, when, when the future, says the Gemara, in the future, when we come back, when we are repaired and we come back, we have to work it out together. And, and this parable, so what, what I wanted to see, because I heard from everybody that you can't make peace with Islam. I have more than I can say with hand on the heart, I have met with all parts of the Islam. First of all, amongst the, our neighbors, the Palestinians, the Israeli Muslims, the Islamists, with all parts of the Islamic world, with the more moderates, with the more extreme, until the very more, much more extreme, those who everybody says it's impossible to meet with, they'll never meet with me. And they meet with me as a staunch Zionist who, who uh, 
as a former cabinet minister, member of the security cabinet, whose children mo most are in elite units uh, in, in the IDF, and, and everybody knows it, that this is who I am, and I believe that we will always be here. But I also believe that part of our freedom is that we should not do to the other what we, what we hate that the others should do to us, and that our freedom cannot be, be bought by the enslavement of the other people living here in this land. And, and therefore, we need, we need for us to make, to make peace. And I've met with all these leaders, and I've suddenly seen that if you come with a religious approach, I can tell you stories and encounters which will make your hair, uh, uh, it, will, it will really stun you. The kind, I've met with the biggest anti-Semites in the world and, and they've written things which are outraging. And, and after we've met and after we've sat down, they've suddenly joined the Coalition for Religious Peace and they're talking a different language, and they're talking about making peace not without Israel, but with the states of Israel, and they've taken out all the anti-Semitic expressions which have been before, but they've just never known of this possibility. And, and we've been able to solve conflict after conflict and save thousands of human lives over the, over the recent years uh, with the Israeli authorities, and, and with all parts of the Palestinian authorities and the Muslim world, through the work with the radicals amongst the Muslim world and the radicals amongst our own. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So I, I, we could talk about this for, forever. It's been very inspiring. Let, let's shift gears to religion in the state today. In the diaspora, in Chutzlaretz, we have uh, many Jews who naturally have a positive orientation towards their Judaism, but a negative orientation towards Judaism in the state. They see a chief rabbinate who is uh, controlling um, and coercive. They see r racist rhetoric come out of the religious Zionist community. They feel disillusioned about um, this idea of the state being both democratic and Jewish and don't understand a path forward. I wonder, what do you think must change here? What you know, how can Torah be a positive force for Klal Yisrael within the state? Well, as, as you know, I led for many years uh, the movement of Meimad, which is Medina Yehudit, Medina Demokratit. I believe in the combination of being a Jewish and democratic state, but I believe that it depends on the definition of Judaism. If the definition of Judaism is the kind of Judaism which is, uh, which is exclusive and which narrows down Judaism or take monopoly of Judaism for some group or another and cannot be divided, uh, cannot be shared with everybody, then, uh, then that's not Judaism. Or if a definition of Judaism includes the racism towards others or, or will not include the acceptance, for example, of, of peace as a central element in the Jewish concept, which, by the way, also many of those who are call themselves progressive are just as impossible as they don't 
they care about certain things, but they don't care about other things. So they're also very picky and choosy when it comes to, it's not, uh, it's not only one group or another group. We all have to look into ourselves and, and fight with the, the Yetzirah inside, inside our own, inside ourselves and our own groups. I work with, I work with everybody and I, this is my, this has been my experience that this is the best way. I work with the chief rabbinate. I work with, the, also in the peace work. I work with the Chardali rabbis. I, I think that many times we can obtain the best results when you, when you work together and you suddenly see many things can change and, and you can, I, I work, I work closely also in our peace work with the RCA in, in America. We've had um, we've had the more than 50 rabbis who have come, lead, the leading rabbis of RCA who have been in in uh, in, our, in visiting the religious peace and and meeting with the leading Islamist forces here, uh, both in Israel and Judea and Samaria over the last year. And we've had conferences, and this has really made a groundbreaking change also in America. I, I was together with my leading Muslim colleague in, uh, in the six, just before the corona uh, broke, broke out. I was in, in the leading places, including in, uh, including in YU uh, and, and leading synagogues uh, around, uh, around New York. I just give you an example, the biggest shul in Brooklyn you know, with, with 500 people praying in the leading shul and I gave shurim about, about peace. It's not an obvious thing. They sang, they sang Tushai and Musaf on the, with, with sort of the packed shul and in, the, in the tune of Salam. It's not an obvious thing that, that you do that in, in the biggest orthodox uh, shul in Brooklyn and and uh, and that you listen to and one thing is that they listen to me as uh, as a rabbi, but that you listen to a leading posek Islamic posek, you can make changes and you can also uh, work on. I, I understand why many American Jews. We've been working with American Jews. We that's why we started our edu our education network. Our education network is a network which includes all parts of the Israeli society. We have strictly dosi, very, very orthodox kids, and we have secular kids, and we have uh, conservative children, and, and uh, we have Masorati uh, children, and we, we have all kinds of children in our network, and we encourage everybody to strengthen their own identity. And it's growing with 20% every year. It's a big success. And we have Batei Midrash and, and teachers training now. And, and, and this is a whole new uh, Israeli uh, concept where we're strengthening everybody's identity. I want Talmidei Chachamim to be serious Talmidei Chachamim. And I want Apikosim to be serious Apikosim. And and uh, I don't want everybody to be Amaratsim. They're not even Amaratsim. They they don't know anything. They don't have a relationship to anything. And and this is taking on more and more. And I think this is something which can inspire also many Jews in North America. I've spoken about it in campuses to 
young people, both about the religious peace and about our concept of inclusiveness and not to try to convert each other or, or to, to persuade that we should change who we are. And, and I think that taking our Judaism seriously, everyone in, in his or her way, I think that this is something which can appeal to a new generation. Amazing, amazing. So in the interest of time, just one last question for you today, unless you want to add anything else in closing, is um, how, how do you see, um, how do you foresee in the coming years coronavirus shaping us? Um, our morally, spiritually, what are some positive or negative ways you think this is shaping us um, for, in, you know, in the years to come? Well, what I'm a little afraid of is that everybody is using the coronavirus to say that that what will happen, what they hope will happen, is what they always said from before. And and uh, that they were always right. And now the coronavirus has come, and it is proven that they were always right. And and then what? Then with then just nobody's budging, nobody's moving. Uh, so I can you know I could say the same. Uh, but uh, one one of the things I'm one of the things which I have difficulty with, without being like postmodernistic, I, I have difficulty with those who are so certain that they were always right. This was my difficulty always in the cabinet, in the Knesset. Everybody always said that no matter what happened, it just proved always what they always said. Nobody ever put a question mark on anything. And, and nobody tried to, to question truths and so on. But I still think that there are, are things which are obvious here, which, which come out of this. And I, I think in the, in the social responsibilities, which, which come out of this, that you can't, that to come out of this and still to think that, you know, that the ultra-capitalism, what we call here in Hebrew, capitalism uh, chaziri, that this can be, that the Milton Friedmans of this world can come out and say that we, we can continue breaking down the, the public responsibility, whatever you call it, socialism or social democratic, or, or just to, to take a social responsibility for public health, for public uh, uh, education, for a social network at least, which protects every human being in our society, that, that not this should be obvious for everybody, that that's, you know, the first learning from, from uh, Yitziat Mitzrayim, that, that uh, what does Sefer Chinuch say? That, that this is, that God hears those who cry for help because they're in a, they're in a place of need. They, they, they're poor. They're, they, that, that is the first... Those are the first to, who God will, will, will hear. They're foreigners, they're refugees, they're, they're, they're trampled upon, their rights are trampled upon, that we can't see that 
that this cannot that this cannot continue that this should be that this should be so obvious for everybody and and that we are one world one humanity that we all created in in God's image our responsibility uh, again we one of our organizations for example uh, we we have a we have an emergency hotline where where people can call in and because because one of the things is not only making peace between uh, us and the Palestinians and the Muslim world, Judaism and the Muslim world, but it's also and the growth of, of troubles which have come out uh, during this time when you're closed in together is, is immense. So we, we have the hotline and we hear the, the things with the problems which are coming out and the need for a social network and not to just to cut down and cut down and cut down just because these people are not seen and are not heard and don't have the voices in not in the, the White House and not in the Balfour in, in Jerusalem and not that 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 this responsibility is is one thing which comes out of this. Uh, that we and the Jewish people have a, a different kind of connection with each other. We are hurting here in Israel, but nothing like what the American Jewish community is hurting and bleeding. Uh, and and our feelings and our prayers for for the American Jewish community, especially the New York Jewish community, but not only uh, that that our feeling. Uh, for 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 that for that community as well as for the global community, that that we understand that that we're all interconnected, we understand it here also that there are no borders, just as there's no borders with with environment, and and uh, when when the environment goes bad and the sewage goes bad in Gaza, it goes bad in Ashkelon, and so also the Corona. If it goes bad, God forbid, in Gaza, it will go bad also in Ashkelon. And so we, so we have to look out for each other. I think those are just the simple, uh, obvious things which which we need to to see here in the aftermath of of the Corona. And and uh, we're in the month of Iyar, uh, which is Ani Hashem Rofecha. We need very much divine help of every in everything we do. Siata Dishmaya, God is our healer, and and uh, He wants us not only to look at the mistakes of everybody else, but apparently He wants us to look inside ourselves and and to do a better job. Uh, I think that the main job of every Jew is the Taken Olam Malchut Shaddai to fix the world to be a kingdom where god will well god god will reign and and god will reign in a way where this will be a decent world where we can treat each other in a decent way where we can strive to be, to be peacemakers and to make this a, a decent and a good society for each other and this is the world which which god's kingdom will reign over Amen, amen. Uh, Hevra, uh, I can't urge you enough.
for us to continue to learn from Rabbi Melchior to support his amazing institutions and work that uh, one of the great moral visionaries and leaders of Klai Yisrael today. Rabbi Melchior, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me.